people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Thank you for joining the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, and you're listening to the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Remember, America Out Loud plays on the iHeartRadio Network, and you could listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have best-in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now you can also hear them on the podcast on those names, same names, apps, A-P-P-S. I, I wanted to remind you that um, all of my shows go to podcasts the following day after the broadcast is heard on Talk Radio. And you can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Um, please make the America Out Loud, americaoutloud.com your daily stop for all your latest news and happenings. And um, before I get going, I wanted to touch base on... Uh, the fact that Malcolm is giving us a voice in this work cancel culture era. And we need to thank Malcolm at America Out Loud. You know, uh, you could find a lot of my work at uh, my daily blog. It's it's a substack. At the address, you can Google it. It's Alexander, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R, with a space, then COVID, with a space, then news. Alexander COVID News. And it's free. Uh, you don't have to pay. There are no restrictions. You can get into the chat, to the commenting. And uh, if you want to subscribe for the year, there's an annual fee of $29, just about a little over two bucks a month. It helps me financially because I was one of those scientists who, who was canceled. If you want to support me beyond that, you can go to Zell, Z-E-L-L-E, and the email is sr7283 at gmail.com. I mean, if you, you know, donated a, a, a dollar, five bucks, it helps me tremendously. Um, I wanted to move forward. Um, today I want to touch on a bunch of stuff, but I wanted to, I, I think the key, the key issue today for us, and this is where I'll be going back and forth throughout the uh, sessions today is surrounding the push now by the CDC, the HHS, Health and Human Services, the government in Canada, Health Canada, the Public Health Agency, um, FDA, to push these lockdowns and these school closures and masking again. And they're using this BA 2.86 new subvariant clade that has emerged. I think they they call it the nickname is Pirola P I R O L A, as well as another one called E G dot five E G point five. That one is called E R I S. E R I S. Um, they're using this to scare you into accepting lockdowns and masks and to push you to take these vaccines. But as I've been telling you from weeks ago. The new booster that they're bringing, the XBB 1.5, is based on the XBB 1.5 strain. That no longer would be dominant and circulating. The new dominant projected strains are the FL, the the um the BA 2.86, um, uh, EG5, etc. 
And um, what is going to happen is exactly, I want to talk more about this, of course, but, but I'll just pepper you with it, that once you bring a vaccine, where the vaccine is specific, is geared towards a particular target, so an antigen, remember what the vaccine is provoking an immune response in you, immunological memory, based on a, an immunological target. And in this case, the target is the spike protein that sits on the viral ball. Um, that was a problem in the beginning because you never give a vaccine one target, especially a target that's not conserved. And the spike protein is where we saw very early on where the mutations are accumulated on the receptor binding site, the N-terminal domain, etc. So why would vaccine makers give the immune system your cellular as a cellular, your immune response, a target to build vaccine-induced antibodies based on a target that is so mutable, that is mutating continuously. They are saying that this new BA 2.86 has about 30 mutations on the spike protein. Duh, we expected mutations because viruses mutate spontaneously. If you put virus in a dish with, with, with culture medium, etc., it will mutate by the time you come back around to it. It mutates spontaneously. Why? It's not like bacteria. The copying mechanism for its genetic material is very unstable, and it does not provide a proper spell check of the genetic material. So the, the, when the virus multiplies, the genetic material in the multiplied cells are often different from parent cell. And this is what we know. This is why we could have never made a vaccine for the flu or a common cold. You could never make a vaccine, a stable, effective vaccine for a virus because the viruses are very unstable in terms of the copying and the, and, and the mutations that accumulate. So they could never, ever, ever make a vaccine for COVID, for coronavirus. And they know that. All the players involved, from those in the mRNA technology to those in, in devising the vaccine from Pfizer, Moderna, Bula, Bansal, Sahin at BioNTech, they know that you could never ever get ahead of a respiratory influenza-like pulmonary virus. Let's accept, let's pretend and accept as this is the coronavirus that has done this. You can never get ahead of a respiratory virus by locking the society down, by closing schools, etc. Never. You can never, especially, especially if the virus has an animal host. And we know that this virus has an animal host in the horseshoe bats, in uh in, in the intermediate intermediary hosts like the pangolin, etc. So it's not like smallpox, where the only host for smallpox was the human being. So once you inoculated the human population to the extent that you could have gotten to herd immunity then the chance of it spreading was zero because it, it was not housed anywhere else. There was not another source that could start another epidemic or pandemic. So in this case, because we have uh, animal reservoirs for co coronavirus, we know that that's where the, the foci is. Because we know that we have open porous borders, etc., you can never vaccinate your way out of a coronavirus ever you cannot you cannot you cannot get to herd immunity unless you cut the chain of transmission that's the key 
and this vaccine failed out of the gate. It does not stop transmission. It never. It was never a sterilizing vaccine. It didn't sterilize the virus. So if it doesn't stop transmission, you can never mandate it. I've just touched on a lot of key issues that we've been litigating and fighting against for the last three years. I'm bringing them back up again. The most important point is, I think right now in your language on your kitchen table should be this issue. They are pushing again to steal this in next election. It's the only way they can do it with the mail-in ballots. It's the only way. They're trying to imprison Trump. If not, they're trying to kill him. They are trying to get Trump assassinated. They're exposing him with all of these hearings, all of these court appearances. They know exactly what they're doing. And if that fails, they're using this lockdown and masking and and again for the election that's coming up in 2024. Do not let them get away with it. There is no need to lock down, to close schools, to mask, to nothing. None of the variants today are posing any lethal situations to the human condition, to the human population. None of them. They could be more infectious. And as you know, as a virus goes forward and survives, it will evolve into more milder, milder versions of itself each iteration. Why? Because it's key is to not let you arrive at an evolutionary dead end for itself. In other words, if it was lethal, it will die in you when it kills you. So it does not want to kill you. A virus always is seeking a symbiotic, stable, harmless relationship with you, where you actually don't even know it's in you. And it's using your cellular metabolic machinery to replicate itself and provoking symptoms in you, like a cough, a sneeze, etc. So you could expel it into the environment and you can help spread it more. And that's basically what we're talking about here. And right now, right now we have the versions that are circulating are so mild. They're like about one-tenth of a common cold. You probably, everyone again has been infected with this coronavirus and uh, they don't even know it. And you just had it maybe an hour, you felt a little stomach upset, you thought you just ate something funny, or you had no symptoms. Before I go forward, and because I wanted to talk about this in full, I want to make you understand something again. <laughs> I'm going to read some headlines from George and Breitbart and just give you my view on them before I get back into this BA 2.86 clade that they're making a bunch of hoopla over in the news, CNN, they're writing about it, Fox, MSNBC. When it's nothing, it's much ado about nothing. They just, this is fair porn, trying to drive you to accept coming lockdowns and constraints again and masks. Nothing worked before and nothing will work now. Masks are useless. Take all of the masks, build a pile and burn all. I need you to remember one thing though. We are here today, September the 8th, 2023. Now, I, you know, I, I really didn't want to say the date. I didn't want to date this, this program, but I, I'm just, we are three and a half years out from this madness they brought January, February 2020. We are here because malfeasant, dark people. We could raise names. You should read my Substack, Alexander COVID News. I refer to them as the 20 horsemen of the COVID apocalypse. The 20s, not the four horsemen that you read about, bringing plague, pestilence, death and famine, I have named 20. These are the 20, I think, with deep study who have us where we are. 
in some capacity, these are the 20 that we must investigate. We must make sure we get proper hearings for them in proper courtrooms and hold them to account once we show that they did wrong. But the point I'm making again is we are here because those 20, some of the 20, maybe all of the 20, in different ways played some role in bringing for us some sort of respiratory type illness. I'm not going on records here saying it's a coronavirus. Yeah, I've seen all the photos and I've heard different people talk. It's not a virus. It's not a COVID. It's not corona. It is corona. I've heard all kinds of stuff. I believe in time, we're actually going to get more information that will tell us we were wrong and everything too. We were flat wrong. And I'm open to that too. But I know we're not stupid people. I know I'm not a stupid individual. I know McCullough is not stupid. Rich is not stupid. Malcolm is not stupid. I know we're dealing with, we are, we're sensible enough. We are trying to make sense of the madness that they put upon us here. And the, and the fact of the matter is, as an example, I'll just digress. I, give, I, I tape the show all the time. On the, the moment that I decide to tape the show today, I have two idiotic helicopters flying over this house. Back and forth. Never happened before. So I just wanted to say, anyway, we are here continuing on the precipice of madness because bad people somewhere, and I argue, we will get to know one time in the future that the United States government, whether you want to believe it or accept it, played a role, a heavier footprint into the bringing of this pulmonary illness, this influenza-like illness that has been so catastrophic and killed. Yes, people died from something, some sort of respiratory condition that killed some elderly people come February, March, April of 2020. Low-hanging fruit, we would say. High-risk people, people over 80, 85, multiple underlying medical conditions. It did kill them. It, it operated like a cold, like a flu for elderly high-risk people. Some people did something very wrong. We can see from the spike protein, we could see from the gain of function research that they played with something in the lab. Mina Cherry, Barak, Dazak, these people, Francis Collins from the NIH, Fauci, NIAID, all of these people are involved. They did something, and I believe something bad got loose. I believe this was circulating way before 2020. I believe years before. I believe we were testing for something that they knew always existed at a benign low level in the society. That's what we did. We tested for something that was non-noxious, that they knew. It was all a farce. But we are here. I am speaking today. Malcolm is running his show. McCullough is out on the stump. We are all over the place because we were devastated by something wrong that people did. We still properly do not understand this. This, I'm not even going to say virus. I don't know what it is they released. I don't know if they released mRNA, spike protein. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. But whatever it is they released has functioned as a type of biological weapon. It is slow killing the population. And it has been deadly to high-risk people. Not low-risk people. But. The reality is that something wrong was done to us. And we're still trying to put our arms around it. And while we're trying to make sense of the first step, they're now trying a second step where they're trying to lock you down again, knowing 
knowing full well that it is the non-sterilizing, non-sterilizing means does not stop infection, does not stop viral replication, and does not stop transmission. They are bringing and brought a non-sterilizing vaccine that did not neutralize the target antigen, shifted quickly from neutralizing vaccine-induced antibodies to non-neutralizing. They know it's the greatest nightmare to virologists and a vaccinologist that if you vaccinated people whilst the pathogen circulates, that the result will only always, I say always be, the generation of variant after variant. Once you place the target antigen under selective pressure, which is what we did, by vaccinating in the midst of circulating virus, you are going to drive the emergence of variants. And that is a fact. And that is what they have done. And that is what they're trying to continue to do. They did so with the bivalent booster, BA4, BA5, Wuhan spike, now they're trying with the XBB 1.5 booster this fall, knowing that the EG5 or BA 2.86 will dominate. So they know what they're doing is wrong. And they know they're driving the variants. Let me end this segment by reminding you, my substack is Alexander COVID News. Please try to support me by going to Zell, sr7283 at gmail.com. I'm supporting the wellness company. You can find them at TWC. Dot health, range of nutraceuticals, and telehealth. Excellent. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the second segment of the, the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. Now, what I wanted to tell you is that... Um, well, the first segment, I, I digressed into the, the push by our governments now, our crooks, our frauds, our Beelzebubs, our technically incompetent, academically sloppy, intellectually lazy, inane, vacuous, vapid. I, I don't know what other adjectives to, to use to describe them. Senseless, 
reckless health officials at CDC, NIH, HHS, FDA, in our governments in the United States, in Canada, in Britain, in France, in Australia, what they have done to the world three and a half years now, and they're trying it again. They're bringing a new booster, that's BB 1.5, that will not hit the dominant variant. What will be the result? The result will be post fall of this year, 2023, viral immune escape, meaning that the variants that could evade and overcome the mismatch between the vaccine-induced antibodies and the predominant circulating spike protein will be enriched and, and become and remain dominant and continue infecting the population. The vaccinated is going to get massively infected. It is the vaccinated that's going to be harmed by this push to continue these boosters. It's not the unvaccinated. And what I'm trying to tell you is that we have a situation where they are pushing, pushing, pushing these new vaccines, these new boosters, when they know it will be a mismatch to the dominant spike. So I want to be out there again informing you. You cannot bring a vaccine that mismatches the target antigen. Remember, vaccine-induced immunity is very suboptimal, is not robust, it's not long-term versus natural exposure immunity. <clears throat> when you get naturally exposed and you recover from COVID, <clears throat> your immunity is almost bulletproof and lifelong. <laughs> because remember, the immune system builds a response, antibodies, etc., memory, um, antibodies on T cells, T lymphocyte cells to the complete virus, the ball of the virus on all of the surface proteins. It builds an immunological response to the spike protein that sits on the surface. It builds an immunological response <coughs> to inside the virus too, the, the nucleocapsid protein, which is a very highly conserved protein. It, cap it actually encases the genetic material the mRNA sits within the nucleocapsid, the, the membrane protein, the envelope protein. Natural immunity builds an immunological response to all of the virus. Vaccine-induced immunity looks at one target on the virus. And in this case, they gave the vaccine one target, your immune system one target, which is the spike protein. They gave your immune system the target of the most mutable portion of the virus where we saw all of the mutations accumulating so in other words whether it's your immune system response from natural immunity or vaccine the the the, the, the immune system will be seeing a different virus a different spike each time but the good news is <clears throat> that even if the new dominant variant is sufficiently different yes it might be sufficiently different with enough mutations that it could evade the immune response, the antibodies, etc. But it might breach that. But the immune system, natural immunity is so robust and complete that it will figure out that this is the virus and it will neutralize and eliminate it. If the first line of defense, the innate, does not clear it out, 
the acquired adaptive will step up and finish the job. So natural immunity will get you through all of the future variants that can come. The point I'm making is the future variants are coming because of the vaccine. It's not because of the virus that variants emerge. It's because of the selective pressure you place on the virus that variants emerge. The virus, the variants will select from amongst itself the variants that are hardiest and fittest and most infectious, which could overcome the suboptimal immune pressure that you're placing on it. It will, and they will be enriched and selected to be the dominant new variant. We saw that in Omicron. We saw that with BQ. We saw that with XBB. All these subvariant clades. So all I'm trying to tell you is what they're trying to do now to harass you and harangue you and mislead and deceive you with, oh my gosh, we have this BA 2.86. We have this, this EG 0.5. Oh my gosh, they have so many mutations. Oh my gosh, they might evade the, the immune response. Of course they will. They'll be more infectious too. But we have no data or evidence to show that they're lethal and they're worse than anything that we've seen. In fact, I know of people who are now becoming infected. They've had natural immunity. They have no vaccine. They are elderly with underlying serious life-ending medical conditions. Got COVID again now. Very sick people. And they rid themselves of the COVID with no vaccine. None. Little nasal oral washes, povidone iodine, 10% solution, swish and spit hydrogen peroxide oral also, anything, clean out saline, clean out the nasal passage, the oral mucosa, the back of the throat, gargle, swish, spit, do not swallow. We know that vitamin D3. We knew, we always knew in our early treatment package that the anti-infectives, the antiviral anti-infectives like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, remember, <clears throat> In our early treatment paradigm, I'm shifting all over, but, but I'm, I'm trying to give you a lot of information and keep you on top. What people need to understand is, <clears throat> for the virus to replicate, this is an important thing. I, okay, let me, let me do a refresh on the replication and, and, and what was the role of the ivermectin or hydroxy in, in the early treatment. For the virus to replicate means to copy itself and one virus to become two. It has to first copy the genetic material in its, in its, in its core. That sits inside the nucleocapsid. For it to copy that genetic material, it needs a particular enzyme. The enzyme is called RNA-dependent RNA polymerase enzyme. That enzyme, RNA-dependent RNA polymerase, plays a critical role in the genetic material replication in the virus. Once the genetic material could replicate itself, the virus could replicate into two. Here's the issue. Zinc. It's the zinc that you take as part of the early treatment model that disturbs the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase enzyme. It dysregulates it and distorts it. It cannot then take part in the replication of the genetic material. So the zinc damages the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase enzyme. Problem is, though, 
that the zinc cannot get inside the cell on its own. It cannot cross the whole cell membrane, the infected, whatever. It cannot. Zinc needs a molecular transporter. That's where ivermectin or quercetin or hydroxychloroquine comes in. These are what we call zinc ionophores, I-O-N-O-P-H-O-R-E-S. And ionophore is a molecular transporter that will move something across a membrane. Remember the cellular membranes are uh, for, um, phospholipid bilayers made up of fat on the outside to keep the water medium outside the cell and to keep the water medium that's inside the cell inside the cell. A lot, most of you listening have your grade 8, grade 9 biology and you know what I'm talking about. Problem is the zinc will accumulate outside the cell and cannot get in. It needs a transporter. That's where, so zinc is the key to disrupting the viral replication, the coronavirus viral virus replication. It disturbs and destroys the replication of the genetic material by damaging the RNA-dependent RNA polymerase enzyme. But zinc cannot get inside the cell to do this damage to RNA-dependent RNA polymerase enzyme. It needs a molecular transporter. That's the role of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or quercetin. The uh, ionophores, a zinc transporter, so to speak, they molecularly move the zinc across the cell membrane then the zinc can play its role. So if you are taking early treatment ivermectin or hydroxy without zinc, you're basically doing junk. You need zinc because zinc is what actually stops the viral replication indirectly damaging the, the enzyme. But zinc cannot work without a transporter. So ivermectin was not, did not, is not the actual substance that is, product that is, stopping the viral replication, but it transports zinc that plays the role. I just wanted to go back through that with you, but there's a key point that I'm trying to make here. If you go to our treatment algorithm that we've published, myself, McCullough, Reese, Zelenko, rest in peace, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Oskri, rest in peace, Dr. Oskri, etc. You would see every time we discuss the early treatment protocol, we always have an antibiotic with it, which is doxycycline, azithromycin, etc. Why? Because, first of all, antibiotics are antibacterial, which you know. However, so damages, destroys bacteria. However, antibiotics also have antiviral properties. They also function in an antiviral capacity too and anti-inflammatory properties. So the antibiotics we knew was critical in the early treatment model. So much so that I am arguing that most of the people who survived, who got COVID, were getting sick, the elderly vulnerable people. They survived because of the antibiotics portion of the early treatment package, the ZPAC, the whatever, because they were on the train, the pneumonia train, and most of them who died got severe end-stage pneumonia, which pneumonia, the bacteria bleeded out into the bloodstream, causing sepsis. And sepsis caused end-stage end, end organ damage and death. My father died of sepsis, I would say here. 
because of COVID and he was improperly treated. He was not treated properly with the antibiotics and he developed sepsis in the end. And it's something I don't want to discuss now. But anyway, what I'm saying is the doctors failed him. I'm trying to tell you that in the early treatment model, there are key things you need to know. It actually works once applied early. The reason we devise early treatment is to keep you, to keep granny and the vulnerable out of the hospital emergency room, to never go there. The treatment must always be at home. That's why we call it early multi-drug sequence outpatient home treatment, not to be in the hospital setting. Because once granny touches the hospital emergency room door in any hospital in this world, her 28-day mortality goes up 40% on the spot. She will likely die of some other iatrogenic infection she picked up in the emergency room. Not even coronavirus, if that's what she had. And you know, most often she was 90, 97% false positive with a fraud, false, over-cycled, over-amplified PCR process that was false positive largely. But what I'm trying to tell you, it's the antibiotics. And what I'm trying to say is it might be that we may come to learn in the end <clears throat> that while the anti-infectives and the antivirals were critical, like ivermectin, hydroxy, etc., it was always the zinc portion of the early treatment that was doing the mother load, the heavy lifting. If you understand what I'm trying to say, it was that antibiotic that was doing it. And um, yes, a key role. Yes, a key role. We know that the antivirals work by tamping down and, and, and uh, the viral infection from the peak of day 78, day 8, etc. But what I'm trying to say is, once symptoms emerge in a high-risk person, immediately you put them on early treatment. But that must include the antibiotics. Because I, I am saying that all elderly people who develop any initial cough, once you cough, a young person, a child, you have lung involvement. A cough means that you involve your pulmonary system at some level. It may still be just an upper respiratory tract um, situation, right up there in the throat, not deep down, not down in the chest, and not deep down inside the lung, lower respiratory tract. But once you're involved in the lung, you're talking about potential future pneumonia. And once you're talking about elderly people, you're talking about that is a train that they are on. And once you're talking about that, you need to put them on antibiotic. Day one, no time to waste, none. That antibiotics will save their life. And I believe it is the antibiotics that was part of the early treatment package and model that did most of the heavy lifting and saved the lives. I believe when people who had COVID and who had COVID symptoms and were sick and went in, it was the antibiotics portion of the early treatment that pulled them out. Yes, with the ivermectin and all of that, tamping down the viral replication. Yes, you could argue, well, if we get the viral replication down, then chances are, yeah, but remember, once they had developed symptoms, that means you had passed the viral replication phase. So ivermectin and stuff on zinc didn't do its job. You are now into the second phase, which is the pulmonary involvement, probably entering some breathing difficulties where the oxygen saturation begins to uh, uh, weaken a bit. Huh, I know I'm saying a lot. I went all over the place. It's just because I'm angry. I'm seeing what they're doing with this BA 2.86 fraud. 
we're trying to scare you this Pirola, P-I-R-O-L-A subvariant clade and the EG5, ERIS, E-R-I-S. I'm telling you, believe none of it. Turn off CNN on Fox and MSNBC and ABC and NBC. Turn it all off. Don't listen to nobody in the Biden administration. Like you should have not listened to anyone in the Trump administration. Alex Azar, Fauci, Burks, these people worked and conspired to damage President Trump. President Trump is not present in the United States today, partly because of whatever mischief they did on election night with the votes. I know, I, I, I'm not an expert, and I don't have everything clear in front of me, but I believe they did shit. Sorry, oh my God. I believe they did wrong. Um, luckily, I pulled back that swear word, so I apologize for that. I believe they did wrong, but I believe what Fauci did did with the lockdowns hurt him. It hurt his people. We knew that we were getting um we were getting feedback from them. They were damaged. They lost people in the lockdowns. They lost people in the school closures, and they were hurt. But President Trump is the best shot we have. There's nobody on deck right now that could fix America and do what needs to be done. It is President Trump or bust. Amer if America fails, the world fails. We must put him back into power. Let me end this segment by reminding you, you're listening to the America Out Loud. Please support me and my book, Presidential Takedown, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Thank you. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Thanks for joining the third segment of the Alexander, Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you very much. The first two segments, as you heard, I've been all over trying to touch on, on many things. But I think the key thesis on, on topic this week, it may be next week too, is the push by the governments, the CDC, Health Canada, Public Health Agency of Canada, SAGE in Britain, HHS, Health and Human Services, is to scare you again. But Via this bogus Pirola, P I R L A variant, uh, named um, BA 2.86, or the EG5, named Iris, E R I S, 
or the FL or the XBB 1.5, etc. I want you to listen to what I'm trying to tell you. First of all, don't forget to support me on my blog, Alexander COVID News. It's free. Please subscribe if you want to pay the annual fee. That will help me financially. Check me out at Zell, Z-E-L-L-E, at sr7283 at gmail.com. If you want to give any small donation to help me, because I was one of the scientists who were cancelers, but you know this. Um, I'm supporting the wellness company at twc.health. The range of nutraceuticals, including the spike recovery product, which helps dissolve the spike protein from the virus and the vaccine. And um, it can offer support, um, a range of telehealth services, etc. Um, I'm working with pe people like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Harvey Reich, as we continue this push to educate the public and give them information. Working with the wellness company, TWC. Um, good company. You should take a look, read the website, and see how you can uh, get involved in uh, in their medical model. Um, where we, the 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 game, the aim is um is to get back to that pre-COVID feeling, vaccinated or not. The toxic spike protein poses a long-term threat to your health, and TWC plays an important role. You know, um, you wanna own your own wellness. And um, what you want is uh, to be able to make your own clinical decisions with doctors who respect that and don't want to impose this top-down, um, technocratic, driveled, tripe garbage on you, robbing you of independence and your freedom to make your own clinical decisions. Anyway, first of all, I want to remind you something. There is no vaccine ever. There's no vaccine ever produced, manufactured, whatever you want to call it. No COVID vaccine, no mRNA vaccine, no Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, none that could have ever, 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 ever conferred, created, caused, induced immunity that is or was better or more robust and long-lasting than natural immunity. That's natural exposure immunity. I want to define natural exposure immunity quickly. Natural natural immunity, we kept saying it, and you have the impression that it's just based on that second-line defense, which is your acquired adaptive immune response, where you build antibodies, memory antibodies, and T-cell immunity, CD4+, CD8+, helper and killer T-cells, T-lymphocytes. However, natural immunity also, is one could consider the umbrella term that must include the innate immunity. The innate immunity is your first line of defense. And that is the immune system that is composed of innate antibodies and, and, and natural killer cells. Um, via the acquired that, that composed of killer lymphocytes, etc. The innate immune response is that immune system that resides. And you know there's a third immune system. We won't get into it today. It's called complement. C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. We'll describe that at another time. But they also work in tandem, all three. But the key ones, when you get exposed, is the innate first line. And the second line, the acquired adaptive, steps up to mop up the operation. If the innate immune system did not step up first and deal with pathogen that you're exposed to, you could very well overwhelm the second line defense. It has to do enough damage 
that it will actually vanquish the pathogen, the virus, without the need of your second line def defense stepping up. But if the innate is breached, which could happen if the new virus is sufficiently different, has enough mutations, etc., then the innate will come and mop up operations with the innate antibodies and killer lymphocytes, etc. But once again, the innate immune system resides in your nasal mucosa, that slimy, snotty layer in your nose, in the back of your nostrils, in the back of your throat, in your gum line, in your oral cavity, uh, in your digestive tract. Um, that is the innate immune system, that slimy layer, straight down. <clears throat> it has an immunological response, IgA, IgM antibodies. There's, there are layers of cells below the slime that generate antibodies that come to the surface. When virus lands in your nostrils, which is what the coronavirus does, it takes about two to three days your innate antibodies could vanquish it completely. You would never even know that you're exposed to COVID, especially children. It vanquishes it. You never even have symptoms, as well as you may have mild symptoms. Anyway, point I'm making is no vaccine ever, will ever, could never be manufactured that could take the place of natural exposure immunity comprised of your innate and your acquired adaptive response and to a certain extent complement. Why? I have to remind you that when you build a vaccine, you choose a target on <clears throat> uh, the, the vaccinal immunity is not comprehensive in terms of how natural immunity approaches the threat. Natural immunity builds an immune response to the complete antigen, the complete virus. Let's say coronavirus in this case the complete viral ball, etc., And it is so bulletproof. While vaccine immunity has one target, in this case for coronavirus, it's the spike protein, not the viral ball, not the nucleocapsid, not the envelope protein, and not the membrane protein, not all of the proteins sitting on the surface. That means that, that if there are any changes on the spike protein, where the mutations do take place, of course, the vaccine-induced antibodies will struggle because that's the only target it has. And all of a sudden, the target has changes on it. Whereas natural immunity is looking at the spike, but looking at the whole viral ball. So even if the spike changes, the immunological snapshots it has, it will compare that against its memory and say, well, look, the spike might be a little different because it has some mutations that have accumulated. It must accumulate across time on a virus. That's what viruses do. They mutate. But when it looks at the rest of the viral body, it says, but look, all these other four, five hundred different things on this virus looks the same to me. So this must be the virus. And that is why natural immunity will always recognize and be able to handle and deal with variations in the main species. And you could bring any variants right now. If somebody has recovered from COVID, they have robust immune and robust enough immune response. They can handle variants. They can. Anyway, we have a study that was published in SIDRAP 2008 2009 by U et al. that showed they looked at 32 people who were alive during the Spanish influenza in 1917, 1918, as children, little children, they were infected, they were exposed and infected. They survived. 
but they died, of course, they were like 100 years old across time. And we were able to look at their blood on record. And when we look at their blood and we expose their blood to Spanish flu again, because we have specimens, when we re-exposed the blood to the Spanish flu from 1917-1918, we saw that their blood, they, their blood produced an immunological response similar to as if they were in 1917-1918. It was the most remarkable thing. It built an immune response to the Spanish flu. It recalled antibodies that they had built 100 years ago. We have research, published research, showing us that natural exposure immunity is bulletproof and lifelong. We have 100 years of data. But what Pfizer and Moderna then did here to you and CDC was a fraud and a crime. That's why I call for the 20 horsemen of the COVID apocalypse to be investigated in proper courtrooms with judges and juries. Let them defend themselves. But if we show what we know they did wrong, we take away their money and we jail them because they were criminals. They were running studies two months long. Two months long. and telling you, oh, natural immunity lasts two months because the study was run for two months. The study ended, so they said natural immunity ended because they ran the study for two months. They collected data for two months. I hope you understand what I just said. Had they run the study for 10 years, they would see natural immunity was available for 10 years. We have the data to show it's 100 years old, at least lifelong. But we even have 2,500 years worth of data. We are from the Peloponnesian War, the Athenian Plague, four to 500 years BC, where it is written, the, the information, the language was transcribed to show that they were talking about what was happening during the plague. And those people from before who wrote the scripts, and we transcribed it today in English, they wrote that, that, that nurses and women and men who were tasked with going out onto the streets in the height of the plague, the Athenian plague, and retrieving the dead bodies that were that people who were dying from the plague. They were saying that those who were struck once, this is the words para, almost identical, I'm saying it, because I could remember, I wrote about this. Those who were struck once and went to the street to retrieve the dead were never struck again. That statement, 2,500 years old, is natural immunity. They told us 2,500 years ago that people who got plague and survived were asked to go out onto the street and pull the dead bodies from the street. They never got plague again. That is what natural immunity is. We always said so. We said that Ja from the Biden administration, Azar, Walensky, Fauci, Burks, Bula, Bansel, all of them, they were liars and frauds. They lied to you that, that vaccine immunity could take the place of natural immunity and don't trust your natural immunity. Take the vaccine. That wasn't is a lie. There is no vaccine ever that anyone can ever invent that can ever take the place of natural immunity. Natural immunity looks at the complete pathogen, complete. 
so that anyhow that pathogen comes again, the natural immune response will be able to verify this is the past pathogen and this is something that I must destroy. And that's exactly what it is. The immune system is a very delicate, sweet system if you don't tamper with it. And now by vaccinating, we have data that shows by Crema, by Matiodakis, by Raw et al. that shows that if you get naturally exposed to COVID and you get COVID and recover and you build natural immunity and then you layer vaccinal immunity on top of that natural immunity. So you take the vaccine too. You're going to run into serious problems. You will likely end up in the emergency room of a hospital. Not only are you dropping double, triple, quadruple viral load of spike on that person. Those are the people who get very sick. They have natural immunity. They have spike from the virus. Yeah, they recover and their natural immunity. They're, they're, they're alive. But now they have spike from vaccine too. And it overwhelms the system. But the point I'm making is vaccine immunity on top of natural immunity is a deadly combination. So I wanted to remind you, no vaccine could ever take the place. I want to tell you again, I want the, um, the, uh, the, the 20 horsemen of the COVID apocalypse, I want them tried properly. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to remind you who they are because I wrote a substack and, and I can find it easily in the, in, in the internet. So the 20 of them are, because I had written about six to add to the four. I say these people contributed in some form to death, to harms, serious suffering and death. I had it at six. People pushed me to move it to eight. We added more to 14. Then people wanted me to add Janet Woodcock, the the prior, the um, FDA commissioner under um, Biden, um, after Han Trump, Han took that job with Madonna, the crook. Han is somebody I work with, Dr. Stephen Han, I admire. He's a good man. But somewhere money calls you. He took a job. He was the FDA commissioner that just regulated Madonna, just gave Madonna emergency. He cannot come on any hearing and answer what he did. What he did was wrong. He knows it's a crime. He gave them emergency use authorization for a vaccine that he regulated then. He approved it. And then he took a big job with them. In your face, corruption. So I've written about the 20 horsemen of the COVID apocalypse. These is not the four historically they talk about fame, about famine and plague and pestilence and death. Not those. No, I'm talking these 20. Here's my 20. Caitlin Carrico, she was one of the inventors of messenger RNA. Uha Sahin, he's the CEO of BioNTech vaccine, which is an offshoot of Pfizer. Bill Gates, you know him, that criminal. Janet Woodcock, the former FDA commissioner under President Biden. She took the place of Han. She helped bring the vaccines. You see, you have to understand, Trump approves Operation Warp Speed, but the vaccines weren't brought to you until the FDA approved them under Woodcock. Bula, Albert Bula, CEO of Pfizer, criminal. He called me in a hearing, in, a, in an interview, he called me a criminal. He called McCullough criminal, Risha criminal. He called us, these are criminals, but I calling him a damn criminal. I want him sitting in a courtroom. And if we find this beast guilty of crimes, I want them to punish him and jail him for life. 
Robert Malone, inventor of the messenger RNA technology. Investigate him. Bring him in a proper hearing. I don't care. I stood on stage with him. But he had plenty to answer to. Stefan Bansel, CEO of Moderna. Bring him into a courtroom. Xavier Becerra, the new HHS head. Bring him into a courtroom. Wiseman, mRNA technology inventor. Fauci, top dog criminal. Burks, top dog criminal. You saw what they did to Trump. Azar, Alex Azar, the former HHS head who Becerra uh, has replaced. Alex Azar with the PrEP Act gave liability protection to the vaccine makers and CDC. All of those people should have been in jail and Azar protected them. Investigate him as one of the 20 horsemen. Tedros Giebriusus, who's the, uh, the um, director general of WHO. Investigate him. Walensky, don't let her get away. Ralph Barrett, Stephen Hahn, Francis Collins, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Jack Dorsey of Twitter. Don't let Dorsey get away. Gasat, these people of Echo Health, and um, these people they gain a function. These are the 20 horsemen. Investigate them and jail them. Thank you very much.